Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hello, welcome to Podcast Rewind episode 63. I'm Amy Randolph, one of the hosts. And Erica Jarvis, my co-host, is sitting across from me, gesticulating wildly. <laughs> What's going on? Getting a stretch in. I love to get my pre-podcast stretch on. Right? It's like when um, that Anchorman moment, <laughs> red leather, yellow leather, red, red leather, leather, yellow leather. Scotch, 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 down do my belly. Right? Down, down, down. You know, after a long day of, you know, putting in that tough nine to five corporate life that you and I lead, mm-hmm. we come home. We unwind, we shove dinner in our face, we talk about the show, we have a quick drink, and then we're like, am I tired? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We're we're jumping on a little bit late for us tonight, but I think we can muscle through. I think we can. We got some stretches in. Yep. And we have have our magic adult juice. Yay! Cheers. Cheers. Um, We, as always, are both participating in Drink of the Week. Yay! Yay! I'm having... Probably one of my very favorite wines. Yes. Layer Cake Shiraz, which is now just fully available at Publix, and it makes me so happy. Yeah. I used to get it. The first time I ever had it was on a cruise ship, and I thought, like, what is this wonderful exotic wine? Is that where you had it? Uh Uh-huh. That's where I discovered it was on a cruise ship. Oh, nice. I remember you brought it home one day from, like, a liquor store. Yeah. And you're like, listen to the, like, description on the back of the bottle, and I was like, yeah, I'm into this drink. I read it to you like a poem. You did. Listen, a good... Wine label reads like a poem. Should. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, what are you having? I'm having, I think it's pronounced Nobilo, N-O-B-I-L-O. It's a Sauvignon Blanc. Of course it is. It's from a very fancy place. It's called Walgreens. (laughs) Walgreens. (laughs) Walgreens. I walked in tonight and they were, FYI, fun fact for you, redoing their wine section. So they're clearly kicking out a lot of wines that they don't want anymore. So Uh this was on sale. Was it a two for nine? Do you remember when both of us had, like, favorite wines from Walgreens that they decided to discontinue? Yes. But they had cases of it left, so yes. they put them all out and put a, a two-for-nine-dollar sign oh, on them. Lit. And we were just grabbing them by the handful for, like, weeks because it took a while for it to sell out. Yeah, and I would go to, like, other Walgreens in town and, like, drive by Walgreens and be like, well, I know they're having the sale on the Malbec I really like. Remember when I only drank Malbecs yes. exclusively? I like, do. brushed my teeth with Malbec. <laughs> but like I bad would, call by the way bad call bad call um, I would see other like Walgreens out and about while running errands and I'd like run in and get like four bottles and the girl behind the counter would be like I'm having a party you know <laughs> I really hate it when I'm at the grocery store and checking out with like all of the beer and the wine <laughs> and, <cash laughs> and the cashier's like oh having a party huh and I'm like fuck you this is just for me for the weekend <laughs> don't judge we were talking about drinking at work today and my I boss, love drinking at work. I love drinking at work. <laughs> love a good beverage on the clock. Um, my boss and I were chit-chatting. He was waiting for somebody to come by, so we are talking, and another colleague of his 
also walked by and we were just like lamenting about like the stresses of work. And he was like, oh yeah, you didn't hear? Screw that bottle a day. Daddy's up to a bottle and a half. I think by the end of this project, we might be running, rounding corner at like bottle two. <laughs> and I've never heard my boss talk so funny and openly. And the other girl was like, I thought, oh, I thought you were always in a bottle and a half. I was like, ran away. I was like, get it, Alyssa. Like, All right, girl. All right. With yes. your jokes. So funny. So what should we talk about what we're obsessed with this week? Yeah, I would love to. And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you? Okay, so um, last week I talked about how it was my birthday week, and I was obsessed with that coming up. I had a great birthday weekend. Yay. We went and did an escape room. It was super fun. Did some food, some drinks. I saw the family. Um, But what I'm really obsessed with, and it launched today, I believe. I haven't even watched it yet, but I need you to know I'm already pre-obsessed. All right, what do you got? There is a YouTube documentary coming out about boy bands and Lou Pearlman. Oh, that's just for you. It's literally perfect and just for me. I mean, when we moved to Orlando... And we didn't move together. I say that all of the time. I'm so sorry. We're not married. (laughs) We're not married. Um, In 2006, when I moved to Orlando, I remember driving down I-4 and passing the Transcontinental Building in downtown (laughs) Orlando and just being like, that is where boy bands are made. Where Lou Pearlman had his, you know, HQ and he set up NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, O-Town, all the little girl bands nobody remembers, like... So this is a huge documentary all about how he stole legally from all of these boy bands yeah, he put out. Yeah. And I was listening to Lance Bass on Andy Cohen mm-hmm. this morning on XM. And he said that they didn't get paid for the first three years of NSYNC. Shut up. And, like, they had put out, like, album, tour, merchandise, all of these things. And they were all in L.A. And Lou takes the entire, you know boys and their family out to dinner and does a check presentation. Uh-huh. And each one of them made $10,000. Did they not have contracts they in place? Did. That's the problem. Oh, is shit. that their contracts destroyed them and they were with RCA Records and like the president of RCA pulled the boys aside and was like, "Do you know how much money I paid this man? You have to get oh. out of your contract. Like oh. you have to figure something out. Oh, because they had contracts directly with Lou, not with the correct. And then he set them up and like oh, worked shit. with RCA to be their distributor. I mean, this is a huge documentary. It interviews all of these boy bands, their parents, you know, all of the things that they did. It's like I can't wait to watch Amazing. it. I'm so excited. Also, love to see like who's aged well and who hasn't. Looking at you, JC Chazé, thought you were the hot one back in the day. We already know who aged well and who didn't. I mean. Well, Social media exists. I know, but still, like, there's interviews with Aaron Carter, the O Town oh, Boys. Yeah. No, Aaron Carter boys gone, messed up. Yeah, he's he's, he's gone not rogue. okay. He's not okay. Things I think happened to him back in the day must have. Right? Yeah, absolutely. He's kind of come out and said like, Ugh. yeah, bad stuff. But like I said, I'm preemptively obsessed. I watched the trailer a couple weeks ago and was like counting down the days well, for I'm this documentary. So happy for you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Amy. <laughs> what are you obsessed with? Um. Well, I'm drinking my favorite red wine, like I mentioned earlier, in sort of a celebratory way. Yes. Because I'm obsessed a little with myself (laughs) right now. Look, I did a big scary today. Yes. I did something... Uh, I did something at work that I pushed myself to do and that I was scary and afraid of. And um, I pulled through and I did it. Remains to be seen how it falls out, you Uh know, like what's going to happen next. But 
I overcame a big fear. And I got to tell you, it really helped that I felt like a million bucks today. You looked like a million it. bucks today. I got super lucky. I, April Valdez, you know, we live by our hairstylist, yes. April. We adore her. She's so booked all the time that I, I've been needing my hair done for forever. And I had an appointment, but not until May. I was going to have to wait until May with my roots and everything. And, like, the sun shone upon me, and she had a cancellation last night. Yeah. And I knew I was doing my big scary today. Uh Uh-huh. So I grabbed it. So I have fresh hair. Yeah, you do. I bought a new dress. I bought a new pair of shoes. And sky high heels. Sky high pumps. Thank you very much. I looked great, and I did a big scary thing, and a drinking wine to celebrate. I'm really proud of myself. I'm so proud of you, too. Thank you. Thank you for letting me share. And you did look like a million bucks. Unfortunately, because this is a podcast, nobody knows. Oh, shit. I didn't take a picture. I can't even post it. I didn't take it didn't a happen. <laughs> picture didn't happen. It didn't happen. All right. Well, I guess I'm a liar. I'm a liar face. <laughs> Thanks for bursting that bubble. Well, we'll let it go, and we will let it slide this one time, and I'll agree that you look like a million bucks, and everybody listening will put out good vibes to make sure that you're big scary, that things fall in the right place. I feel like I'm tap dancing, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. Um. All right. What are we talking about this week, So, we're going to chit-chat today about something that's been kind of going around in the news a lot lately, and something that's really kind of... Made us go, er? Like, what is going on? What's happening? And it just feels like it kind of came out of the blue. Guys, what we want to talk about. Do you think so? I feel like it's been a slow burn for years. And this, like, viral nastiness about it is is newish. I think that. I've I've known this has been going on, like, kind of underground for years. It's one of those things, and we're being so vague before we get to the actual topic, that, like, you think to yourself, like, oh, that's happening, but, like, it's not real, right? Because it just seems so insane if you think a very specific way. Basically, guys, you're scratching your head. You have no idea what we're talking about. But what we want to talk about today is the concept of just not vaccinating. Anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers. Why? Why? Who are you? Who hurt you? What's going on? Um, We've got to unpack it a little bit. We really do need to unpack it. So... Um, I listened to a ton of podcasts about this and I did a little bit of like online sleuthing. So the, the thing that I think we've all heard for years and there's a big celebrity, Jenny McCarthy, she was kind of the first voice, especially celebrity voice to talk about the link between vaccinations and autism in children. Yeah. Which is not a thing. It's it's not it's medically disproven over and over. I think a new study even just came out last week that said like literally zero times has a vaccine caused autism in a child. They are two separate things. Yeah. And she didn't come up with this on her own. She did not. She came. So here's what happened. So um, two podcasts really kind of taught me about this. The Mamma Mia Out Loud podcast, which is three Australian mummies. I suppose, kind of talking mom life, and they um, brought this up. And then another podcast that I found that I super dig called Behind the Bastard. That's a great name. um, Really dove deep into the doctor that originated all of this. So Behind the Bastard is a show that takes, like, a horrible person that's, you know, in the spotlight or from history and just, like, here's a true story. Yeah. So the doctor's name is Andrew Wakefield. Mm -hmm. He's a British doctor, and in 1998 – published this paper basically 
announcing that vaccines um, cause autism in children or can cause autism in children, that the rate of autism um, accelerating that we're seeing in children and we're seeing back in the 90s can be directly related to the vaccine, specifically the MMR vaccine. So that's the measles, the one, mumps, measles, and rubella. rubella, right? Which is, I don't think that's the one that you get as a newborn. I think that's the one that you get at like one, three. one and a half, three. It, yeah. And a lot of times autism starts to present itself in children somewhere between two yeah. and five. So they, he made this link. He wrote a lengthy medical report about it. And at the time he worked for some sort of research facility that agreed with his findings and were promoting this. And so this is when the anti-vaccinator kind of community began. And then it wasn't until, um, or the early aughts when Jenny McCarthy got a hold of it and came out, told the world that her son was autistic and she believed it was related to um, him having been vaccinated. Because essentially, like, the argument here is that a vaccination, you're basically putting in a little bit of those um, uh, diseases into your body so the possibility of getting sick of a vaccine is real, mm-hmm. um, but it's supposed to be like a very like made for cable version of of the, what that sickness yeah. is, and it allows your bodies to build up its own antibodies to it. So in the future, you'll be essentially um, you got a great defense mechanism, right? You'll be um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, immune. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys like the English language. <laughs> Is so hard. Not on my side today. So forgive, hold hands, we'll get through this together. Yeah, send prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and like with that vaccine, you've got an inactive strain of that virus. We're not pumping you full of smallpox. We're giving you like a dead cell of smallpox. Your body goes, what is this? I don't like it. And it catalogs how to fight that disease. And should that disease come its way, it goes back into its Rolodex and goes, oh, smallpox, here's how I fight it, and you move forward. And isn't it amazing that those vaccines last the rest of your life? Yes. If you live 10 more years or 90 more years? I mean, where was my magic school bus about this? Exactly. I need to see Mrs. Frizzle in the body telling me how vaccines work. <laughs> and we get a flu shot every year. So mm-hmm. obviously that vaccine, um, which is fully elective, just like the measles, mumps, rubella, um, like is not nearly as effective if we have to get it every year. Yeah. It's also because the flu like mutates so it does. fast. Isn't that another reason we have to get it every yeah, year? Yeah, like we have to like retweak the formula. Superbug kind of things. Right. So anyway, it was 2004 that um, Andrew Wakefield's study was like taken down. Like yeah. that's not real. But Completely it was debunked. it was too late. This community oh, yeah. of anti-vaxxers was already kind of grinding its gears and organizing and. You know, like, it's not a law that you have to vaccinate children, but, like, we found, both of us in our research this week, it's definitely one of those things that everybody who wants to participate in the community (laughs) and and cares about public health has to agree to do it. And I think up to 90-some percent of um, everybody across the world that had access to the vaccine was taking part in doing it until this movement kind of started in the late 90s, early aughts. Yeah, I listened to um, another podcast out of Australia, the Quickie Podcast. Mm -hmm. And I will quickly say a lot of podcasts that I was finding that had to do with a really open conversation and information in regards to vaccinations and the anti-vaxxer movement were outside of the States. Yeah, I thought so Australia, England, I thought that was so interesting. Um, There is a new law in Australia, no jab, no play. (laughs) <laughs> so it's basically saying your kids want to play with other kids. They're going to need the vaccine and they really want to make it law. But they are also talking about like, you know, I think California is in the works of something similar too. Yeah. Cause they had a huge 
tragic outbreak. Like polio came back in California when it polio, like polio. You guys, are you kidding? Jonas Salk did not stake <laughs> his life so we can bring polio back. And everyone loves an iron lung. Am I right? But um, I did a third grade project on Jonas Salk. Clearly, so I have like four facts about him. Clearly, he's from Pittsburgh. That's ah. it. That's all I know. Gotcha. Anyway. Um, what they talked about on the Quickie podcast was, you know, the role of social media influencers in this anti-vax movement. Yes, Jenny so McCarthy really did have to kind of go away a little bit because she had to come out and say, I declared that my son Evan was autistic due to this vaccine. And then years later had to come out and go, so Evan's actually really not autistic. And yeah, oops, it's so and shady I don't know if it, and she just kind of quickly went away. But there are other celebrities in this rise of right. influencers. But not quickly, because she still wrote books about it. I mean, while she was on that anti-vax train, like, she was loud and she was making waves. But as soon and as then, she announced he wasn't really autistic, yeah, she just... she had to die off. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, she had to quickly go away and... And then she married a Wahlberg and now she's fine. Yes. Fuck her. Go away. Um, there's an Aussie celeb, and it was so funny. She was clearly, like, a rugby player's wife. But listening to the podcast, they kept calling her a wag. Wife and girlfriend. Oh, cute. And I was like, oh, that's like a TV show online. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo right now or something. But this rugby wag of a woman um, was beefing up her like social media about anti-vaccinations to get people to get stronger into a wellness society. Yeah. And to, you know, the essential oils, the raw, the vegan, all of these things. And to get them to come to seminars and... When they did a deep dive, it was an MLM. She needed to cultivate her downline. And in doing so, created a a horrific spreading of, like, we shouldn't vaccinate. Just have this turmeric and ginger shot. That's all you need. Oh, oh my God. Like, you're going to be healthy. Like, that's as good as a vaccination, she was saying, whatever this concoction Yeah, like, you don't need vaccinations. Like, you can protect yourself. Look, I'm healthy. And, you know, what they talk about is herd immunity. Mm-hmm. We are all one big herd on this earth, you yeah. know? 95% of us must be vaccinated to ensure that people who can't be vaccinated can stay healthy. And there are people who have autoimmune disease sure. or who are too sick who cannot get vaccinated who rely on us mm-hmm. to keep measles tamped down so then they don't get it. And you're doing your, your friends and family a disservice right. with this. And so, like, they talk about it a lot about herd immunity, and this was the first time I'd ever heard about it, that, like, we all have to have that social contract that we band together and agree that smallpox is tragic and nobody should have it. Let's make sure that it doesn't come back. Right. You know, like, the message of the anti-vaxxers, I was trying to read some stuff today, it's it's a little bit muddy because, you know, the, the big thing they say is, like, the MMR vaccine causes autism, which was the subject of Andrew Wakefield's report that's yeah. since been struck down. But he's still out there saying it. I mean, Andrew Wakefield is still huge in the anti-vaxxer community. And, like, there are such crazy stories about him. Like, at his son's 10th birthday party years ago, he, like, bribed all the kids to take their blood because he was trying to do studies about it. And, like, he couldn't get people to bring their kids into his clinic. So he... He got all this Jesus blood. Of his friends, his kids' friends, at a birthday party, and <laughs> like on the uh, behind the bastard podcast, they were like, "Oh my god, these kids like sugared up on cake." Oh, Jesus, let me take your blood, like <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. They've like, never had blood drawn before, and they're right. freaking out, right? But then there's another part of this anti-vax movement that's all about like wellness yeah. and organic and non-GMOs that are saying. 
Um, I don't vaccinate my children because, uh, you know, I would rather feed them organic granola and just think that they're okay. So I listened to another podcast, the KDD radio show, because I was trying to find um, anti-vaxxers to like really listen to, to really understand. The time we listened to incel podcasts and yeah. cried for days. That was, that was rough. Don't take me back there. <laughs> Sorry. Don't make me. Don't make me go there. Okay. But this KDD radio show. It's just one guy is the host, and he's doing this series called Parenting While Woke, which is just obnoxious, uh, honestly. The name of that is obnoxious. And I guess I should stop here, and anyone that's listened to our podcast probably knows, neither you or I are parents. No. And so I do know that people who are parents are going to have their wrinkles up from the get. You know, um, it's, it is a parenting choice. And yeah. as of right now, it's still legal for a parent to choose one way or the other. Yeah. Look, I'm not here to tell parents how to parent. I'm not here to judge anybody. I am interested in public health because yes. I'm a human, um, that lives on earth. Yeah. So I do think I get to say a thing or two about, cause guess what? Children grow up and become other fucking adults. Yes. But anyway, he had this guest on who called herself the anti-vax vigilante. She wanted to stay anonymous, which tells you something right there. Um, exactly. But she was talking about how she vaccinated her first two children and they were constantly sick as babies. And in fact, she like she had children young, like in her early 20s, first marriage. And she was even talking about how her daughter, who's now 12, was breached and so they had a, a C-section for her. And now if she had known more, she would have thought back, there's ways to organically make the baby turn. And that, you know, she oh, she just no. listened to doctors back then blindly, like they knew everything. Wow. So she vaccinated her first two children and they were sick all the time. She was constantly going to the emergency room. Then she kind of uh, learned about and what she called research. We'll get into uh -huh. what these people actually research as far as material in a minute. The anti-vax movement, and she left her first husband, got with her second, and they had two more children who she's not vaccinated, and she was talking about how great it is. They're so healthy. They're so smart, and she feeds them all organic. And so, like, what the fuck is the message with the anti-vaxxers? I guess, it's, yeah. is it okay that it's all, or... Are they hurting themselves by muddying up their own message? I think that that's a great question. When I, I listened to Jonathan Van Ness getting curious today, and he had a podcast. I love him. Um, and he had an episode called, like, What's with Vaccines, Hunty? <laughs> and he had a great doctor on who talked a lot about the crossover of anti-vaccine into a deep health and wellness thought process. And one of the things that they talked about is, you know, People who, you know, feel this way about anti-vaccine also don't want, you know, gluten. They don't want sugar. Mm -hmm. They don't mm -hmm. want GMOs. Fully clean tree huggers. Fully, you know, raw, Pop vegan, organic. Right. Absolutely. But, like, it is almost impossible to eat completely GMO-free. There are so many foods that we eat that are genetically modified that need to be. So we can eat them. And mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I know I mentioned to you before, not everyone knows, bananas organically have seeds. I don't think I really knew that until you were telling me earlier. eat a banana with a seed? No. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's too difficult. So Those we have to modify out a seed so we can eat the banana. Sure. Which is fine. There's just so many foods that we do eat that are great for you that have a bit of a GMO aspect to it, but we haven't made it worse for you. We haven't thrown chemicals into the banana. We've just found a way to make them be seedless, mm -hmm. and then you can eat them. Right. Like, what's wrong with that? Right. Well, this woman, too, on um, the KDD radio show was talking about how, 
you know, her. I don't feel sympathy for her, but she was going on and on about how difficult her life is now that her um, non-vaccinated children, like, they can't go to certain daycares. Later on, she's going to have to figure out how to send them to school because you can't go to public school mm-hmm. if you're not vaccinated, which, again, I fully support because public health. Um, yeah. And she was like, so it's changed my entire lifestyle. I'm now a stay-at-home mom because I have vaccina- non-vaccinated children. And she was mentioning a friend of hers who is not religious but pretends to be staunchly Catholic to get her non-vaccinated child into a Catholic school because she can claim religious exemptions, right, and have them go to school. And so – and then she was going on about how she is afraid of food and um, pesticides, what have you. So she's looking to fully have, you know, her own garden and be completely sustainable on her own with her family. Which, you know, like, if, again, it's a life choice. If you want to do that, fine. Well, when she grows real but, organic, normal bananas, she's going to get real <laughs> surprised when they have seeds in them. I don't know what climate she lives in, if, like, citrus and bananas grow Oh, yeah. There. I don't know where you can grow bananas, really, and if I'm I guess being honest. I, I guess I kind of lost track of my point of all of that, no, honestly, other sense. than, like, you know, are we talking about autism or are we talking about living clean? Yeah. I will say I watched – a YouTube video today um, from a company called Jubilee, and their series on YouTube is called Middle Ground. This was their fourth season, fifth episode, called Pro-Vaxxers versus Anti-Vaxxers. Should your kids get vaccinated? There's a panel of six people. Three were pro, three were anti. Before I get started, I want to say every single YouTube video that I found online today that had any reference to any kind of non-vaccination mm-hmm. had a full disclaimer you couldn't get rid of it you couldn't exit off it stayed with you while you're watching the video it was a wikipedia disclaimer that said vaccine controversies vaccine has a hesitancy is irrelevant is relevant is a relevance or refusal to be vaccinated or have one's children vaccinated identified by the world health organization as one of the top 10 global health threats of 2019 it contradicts overwhelmingly scientific and consensus about the safety and efficacy of vaccines. It's so important that that be written out there that like by not vaccinating your child, the World Health Organization finds you to be a global threat to the health and safety of the other 7 billion people that are on this earth. Right. And so what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I guess that kind of leads back to what I was referencing a little bit with the anti-vax vigilante. Um, and the the kinds of materials these people read and believe in versus like actual medical information that's available. <laughs> and they were talking also on Behind the Bastard podcast that um, hesitancy towards believing medical professionals is on the rise. Actually, 20 to 30 percent of Americans right now, while they may not fully discredit doctors, may have a little bit of hesitancy to believe. And I'll be honest, I'm a little bit in that camp, you know, like. My back was really hurting me about three years ago, and to solve it, I wound up seeing three different doctors, and I got three totally different diagnoses, and it made me feel weird and icky about, do doctors know what they're doing? Yeah. And you and I were just having this conversation about, like, obviously the medical community grows and changes as science gets better. They learn more things. I mean, you think about how they treated people with leeches and bloodletting 
you know, a century ago and we laugh at it, it's entirely possible that a century from now they will be laughing their asses off how we used to inject ourselves with a little bit of measles yeah. so that we didn't get a lot of measles yes. later. But as of right now in 2019, this is the best way we know to stay safe from those diseases, which were, by the way, all eradicated up until people stopped vaccinating yes. in larger quantities because of Andrew Wakefield. So again, like medical journals basically all agree that vaccinations are better for the public health and the kinds of articles and information that anti-vaxxers are getting are not nearly as credible. And some of them are straight up fake news, like Alex Jones and Infowars. Yeah, absolutely. With this video that I watched, you know, it was three pro versus anti-vaxxers. On each side was a doctor. Mm-hmm. And one of the doctors, you know, had to address with this one woman who said, you know, my daughter did get vaccinated for MMR, uh, measles, mumps, and rubella. And as I shared with you earlier, if you want to know what rubella is, it's German measles. Um, because the CDC.gov and I scary. had a long day today together Nine. doing some research. But um, one of the side effects of this vaccine is epilepsy. You might just have seizures. Mm-hmm. Her daughter, unfortunately, does have this as a side effect. And so she, and they've proven that it's somehow traced back directly to the vaccine? Yeah, it's okay. on the CDC website okay. that right. this is a trace mm-hmm. possibility. Um, and she was like, my daughter is suffering because of this. And, you know, I know better than a doctor when it comes to my daughter's health. You see my daughter twice a year for 10 minutes for a checkup here and there. Like, I don't think you get it. And this doctor who was pro-vaccine was like, you don't understand though. Me and every other medical professional got into this for the fact of that we have deep compassion. Mm-hmm. We want to help. help. We people. want to fix. We want to make you healthy again. If you have questions, ask us. Set up time in my office hours. Let's talk about this. Let me walk you through my stats. What happens? I am so sorry that your daughter had that. And he's like, listen, my daughter has an autoimmune disease that probably could take back to some kind of vaccine trace amount because there are, and we're not going to say vaccines are without a side effect. There are some, but it's like one in a million. And he was like, right. my daughter has like idiopathic um, arthritis, which means you have arthritis and we don't know why and you're too young to have that. Mm-hmm. He's like, did it come from that vaccine? Possibly. He's like, but there's other ways to treat her. And we've got her on a great medical like routine and she doesn't have to deal with that arthritis anymore. But she also doesn't have measles, mumps, rubella, and she didn't die from it. And so like, you have to understand yeah. there are give and takes, but like, he's like, I didn't go to school for nine years. To just inject your kid with poison and think it was fine. Exactly. You know, kind of funny, a little bit off topic, but again, I'm behind the bastard. They were talking about how vaccines aren't actually new as in the last hundred years. They've found different ways, especially in Europe, where these these big bad diseases, including smallpox, were really prevalent because Europe in the 1700s, 1800s was fucking filthy they were all packed together in cities and like those, you know, plague outbreaks were yeah. happening all the time. Um, so he was saying in the 1870s, somebody came up with a smallpox vaccination, uh-huh. which is really fucking gross, by the way. It's taking scabs off people yeah. that have smallpox and grinding them up and snorting it. Yeah. And like that would vaccinate you from it. But actually three to seven people out of a hundred would get the full blown disease and die from it. But still, your odds are better than 90% yes. that it is going to protect you. So most people that yeah. have access to it were still doing it. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say – so sorry. Um, I heard that too. They were talking about that, you know, that smallpox, is, smallpox vaccine is really the cross 
of where it all begins. Mm-hmm. The cusp of it all. I like, smallpox sounds fucking gnarly. You do not want that shit. all really do. Yeah, but oh, smallpox sounds bad. Yeah, well, so we both have been listening to so many different podcasts. I was watching YouTube videos, and I thought I would go out on a limb and do a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a taboo subject that we're talking about. Yes. I would say slightly more taboo than MLMs, and I was ready to go deep off a diving board into multi-level marketing. Yeah, before you get into that, I want to just, like, reiterate it. It's now so emotional, and the online communities that are anti-vaxxers are so rabid. And, I mean, the way that I heard about one of them attacking a woman whose baby died after she vaccinated it and the anti-vaxxers coming after her and just destroying her on social media while this poor woman is grieving. And I I think that that is one of the bigger problems, especially why we hear more about anti-vaxxing recently, is the online rabbit communities. But go ahead. So online communities, I decided to crowdsource today. Mm -hmm. I love listening to the Lady Gang podcast. I'm part of their Lady Gang podcast Facebook group. And in there, you can do polls, ask questions. People post about silly things like sending photos of dogs and having a tough day. Like, (laughs) these are really great communities to be a part of. And so I just reached out and said, hey, guys, doing some research for our podcast – I got to ask, by the way, everyone try to be as cool as you can in the Please comments. Don't me. Don't I didn't disable the comments. And a lot of people were like, you should have disabled the comments. I was like, but, but you wanted I the kind of really wanted feedback. So I asked, do you vax or do you not vax? And so if it is 842, as of right now, almost 1400 people have said that they are pro vaccination. Great. Good. 31 people have said they're kind of somewhere in between. Okay, we've got so that's that's the um, the hesitant crowd. So they the kind hesitant. of fall towards maybe the anti-vax numbers. Maybe. Yeah, there's 26 votes for being pro-vaccination, but with other elective vaccinations being a little bit more delayed, such as the Hep B and the HPV sure. vaccination, Which, the Gardasil. I totally get those being. Elected. And then one person said that they were an anti-vaxer. Now I will say I also posted this on my own personal page, and I got a lot more like pro-vaxxers, but those are my friends and my family who kind of knew what was right. going on. But this was just a cross-section of women from 18 to 40 and up who listened to the Lady Gang. And I went through, I mean, the amount of comments that I have, I cannot say enough about the women that responded. Uh-huh. If people said something like, I'm pro-vaccine, but I've got questions, or I want to do research, somebody would jump in and say, Medical journals, medical journals, medical journals. Yes, I'm out. Thank you. And then like leave or Which is exactly why I brought that stuff up earlier. Yeah, so many people talked about you know I grew up in other vaccines. I still contracted mumps. I just know that's how it is. Like so many great conversations. So like I really do want to shout out all of those women who responded and nobody got in a massive fight that I'm aware of. But there was a lot of questions that I just just started to take notes down. Like here's what I'm seeing the most of. One was like I said I need to do more research. So people were like, please do medical journals, talk to your doctors. But then I thought to myself, why? Is it because of this rise of social media influencers and Andrew Wakefield telling us that vaccines aren't okay, that created a distrust? Then a 22-year-old thinks like, I don't know, my mom vaccinated me. Maybe I need to ask more questions that my mom didn't ask. Why? Because vaccinating everybody is just a foregone, foregone conclusion. Everybody vaccinated, again, relies on everybody working together and, and vaccinating for it to work. Yeah. Um, but now all of a sudden we're in a time period where it's a legitimate question whether to vaccinate your children or not. And I, I find that terrifying. It personally. is. I agree. Another question that came up a lot was like, would you put something in your body that you didn't know what was in the ingredients? I don't know what's in the vaccine. 
Well, I can be honest, within three clicks of the CDC, did I know what was in an MMR vaccine? And there are things that are scary. There's a little bit of formaldehyde. There's a little bit of like pig glycerin. There's these things that like medically sure. speaking you need. But also, do you know how much BPA you ingest on a daily basis because it's so traced and it's okay? Totally. I mean, I think most people have some sort of processed foods yeah. in their diet. And if you think I can recite the list of ingredients on the back of my like crackers, you're mistaken. <laughs> uh, Cheez-Its are delicious. And so the don't one ingredient is deliciousness. Go ahead. Put Cheese. Them- Crunchy, delish. Just Snappy. leave me alone. Put some formaldehyde on it, sprinkle it on top, and that salt, it's fucking fine. Not here for a long time, but I'm here <laughs> for a good time. <laughs> it's fucking delicious. It's That's great. what it is. But there are so many things that are in our body that make up ourselves, make us. I mean, people talk about, you know, the mercury in the vaccine causes X, Y, and Z. Well, I hope you don't eat sushi. Yeah. Well, you probably eat sushi and you ingest it anyway. Mercury is delicious. Mercury is it's delicious. Guys, <laughs> vaccines are delicious. Um, <laughs> That's the name of the show. Good job. You found it. Vaccines are delicious. But like that was just something that I realized, you know, people have these questions. They feel like they need to be wary of vaccines. But for the most part, what I loved the most in seeing responses was I would say almost a dozen people were like, I grew up with parents that didn't believe in vaccinations. They were vaccinated. They didn't vaccinate me. And the second... I got out of the house. I ran to the doctor and said, shoot me up. I got to go. Like I need to make sure I'm healthy. And a lot of these women also talked about herd immunity. And I only just learned about it. Uh I loved seeing all of these people who were informed and understanding that like, yeah, maybe I need to do what I can to make sure that my friend who has like cerebral palsy who can't take a vaccine never gets mumps. So I will take that on myself. Right. So that I can't carry it to them. Exactly. Right. I really like the vibe I got. You know, I was, I like I said, I was really trying to listen to some anti-vaxxers. Um, I listened to the one podcast. I know I was kind of dogging it earlier, but I also went through Reddit, that mm. dark hole. You love um, Reddit. That was an obsession of the week for you once before. I know, but like, you can get lost in there. It's a K-hole. It's, it's, it's a real K-hole, my darling. It sure is. But, um, you know, here's one thing that I kind of gathered was that a lot of these people who have become anti-vaxxers do have autistic children. Yeah. And the truth of the matter, according to the medical community, is autism is not brought on by anything that we know of. Mm-hmm. It's almost sort of like luck of the draw. Yeah. You get a bad number. And, you know, autism is a difficult disease. or Disease, I don't know if that's the right word for it necessarily. I, syndrome, perhaps. I would say syndrome. And it's still new that we're still learning about it exactly. so much. Again, I'm, especially with the spectrum side of it. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. Also, behind the bastard, they were talking about how we even diagnose autism is so different now yeah. than it was 20 to 50 years ago. And, like, it's pretty well known now that if you look back in history, some of the most famous scientists and artists, they were called eccentric or whatever back then, but they were probably somewhere on the autism spectrum. Yes. If we, in modern times, we'd have diagnosed them with Asperger's. Yeah. But we needed them. They came up with amazing things. Right. But my point being, again, I'm not a mother, but I've heard mothers speak and I know that when there is something that they perceive to be wrong with their children or their children has a health issue... They have such a need for answers because it's yeah. so devastating, especially a, um, a a situation like autism where there currently is no cure that mm-hmm. is you know widely accepted anyway, and that you realize for the rest of your life my child is not going to be quote unquote normal, 
and that they, there's nothing you can do. And I think that desperation like searches people for answers. And so this uh, autism is related to vaccine vaccines thing had those those parents who are somewhat grieving yeah. for the life that they thought their child would have really want to grab onto. And for those people, I definitely have compassion. Agreed. And not to tell them what's what, but I, I really do wish that this would start to trend the other way. And they realize that, you know, medically speaking, we can prove that it's actually not related. And, you know, let's actually focus on autism and not have this distraction. You know, they want something to blame. They want something to be mad at and they want a cause, but vaccines aren't it. No, I mean, I was listening to a lot of things, reading a lot of things. And a lot of people did talk like, Oh, I have an autoimmune disease now. And I'm sure it's like the vaccine that I had. And like, Right. I have like a bizarre version of an autoimmune disease with, so I have what's clinically called idiopathic urticaria, which means I have hives, chronic hives for no reason. You lived with me for 10 months and it yeah. was. It was tough. You went through it, man. It was, it put me into a depressed state. Mm-hmm. I was covered in hives constantly. I was missing out on my social life. I was in pain. I was drugged up out of my mind on mm-hmm. so many meds and steroids and if you were going to tell me that the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccination is what caused that in my late 20s, I would do it over and over and over again. Thanks to Western medicine, I can be on a shot to get rid of those chronic hives, but I would never have wanted a disease that could kill me. I'll be uncomfortable with my right. hives, and there are things that I can do. But I also get that. Like, I have no idea why. Doctors can't tell me why I have this. Right. And maybe it'll go away. Maybe it won't. But we can mitigate it, and I won't have hives. But I have to be on a very expensive shot every couple of months. Right. $1,000, if anyone's wondering. But you can rest easy knowing you're not going to get the fucking mumps. Exactly. It's like there's <laughs> one thing or another. And, you know, I thought the same thing as you today. I'm not a parent. I like to think right now in my life, I, if I have a child tomorrow, as soon as I can, I'll vaccinate them because you can't do it right away. And I asked my mom, why did you vaccinate me? Did you ever think about not? And she's like, I never thought about it, but I knew that the good outweighed the bad. And... I couldn't imagine, like, if something were to happen and you could get sick or something like that off the thing, fine. But losing you would have been the worst fucking thing to a disease sure. that I could have prevented. An awful disease, too. That's exactly. not a good way to go. No, None of absolutely. those diseases we vaccinate for. Um, so, yeah, so look, we, we're not hating on anti-vaxxers no. in any sort of way. We think they're fucking wrong. But I think we also turned a corner in recognizing why they have such a deep passion, mm-hmm. trying to answer questions and it, we have compassion, but we also would just love a little bit if you were part of that 95% herd immunity where you did get a vaccination. Right. So there is so much more out there that I know you and I didn't even get a chance to learn about when it comes to, you know, vaccinating and this anti-vax movement. And I guess I will just say one more time that, first of all, I, I think that the anti-vax movement needs to be stamped down because public health. Correct. But second of all, the way that these mobs are behaving online, again, like they're they're alt thinkers. And so yeah. then they tend to gravitate toward alt platforms like Reddit subgroups. Yeah. You know, I mentioned InfoWars earlier, but truly I say that because Alex Jones has had Andrew Wakefield, that bad yeah. doctor, on a lot. And Andrew Wakefield is still going on InfoWars with Alex Jones and talking about, oh, by the way, oh, I do want to mention this. Huh. So there is a documentary that I haven't seen yet called Vax, yeah. which I've heard about. And I think that might be another reason it's being talked about more recently. I think that documentary came out semi-recently. 
And it's directed by Andrew Wakefield. Wow. And he alleges this deep conspiracy theory that the paper that he wrote is true, that vaccines do, especially MMR, causes autism, and that the CDC knows it. And since 2004, so for a decade and a half, it's been a giant cover-up. And he claims to have moles inside the CDC that are giving him this information of they fully know this and they're actively covering it up. So again, that's where it turns from a question of morals and public health and an emotional parent's journey into straight up alt thinking conspiracy fake news. Yeah. I mean, it's not possible that everybody at the CDC is like, Hey, welcome to the CDC. This is your task. This is where the copier is. The water is over there. And by the way, MMR soups, soups causes, causes autism. autism but like, tell. if you could just not, somebody would be drunk at the CDC at a happy hour trivia and be like, guys, <laughs> exactly. the vaccine causes autism. Oops. Well, and we, it would leak. We can't similar. go around vilifying the CDC oh. because they are controlling diseases for the entire world. We can't attack the WHO. And again, like, we can't, as a, as a community, stop believing our doctors. If you, you know, I even mentioned that I have some hesitancy, but overall, if a doctor tells me like, hey, you need a surgery on your foot, I'm probably getting it if I can't walk. So, But feel free to ask questions. Right. Like, we need to trust our medical community in the same way that we need to trust the press. Yeah. In the, you know, we should always trust but verify. There's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with, you know, um, different press agencies fact-checking one another. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, but we have to let those institutions stand and believe in them and support them. Yeah, I always say it is okay to ask questions, but it's never okay to question. Right. Or come up with your own answers because you don't like theirs. Yeah, just do you have a doctor? Quest- ask your doctor some questions. But don't question your doctor. Your doctor went to school for this and you fucking didn't. Right. <laughs> like, not being I don't have rude. eight years of a degree. Uh, my degree in journalism tells me I did not go to school. Babies, <laughs> I have a fine arts degree. <laughs> if you tell me my foot's going to fall off, I'm going to trust you yeah, to put it, it back go. on. Let's do it. Let's do it to it. <sighs> All right. Well, guys, we kind of want to know what you think. Leave yes. us a comment on Instagram. Send us a DM. If you're part of the Lady Gang group, I'll probably ask some more polls in the For future. Sure. Um, yes, you got his response. Like, yeah. that's where you can go to get info now and opinions. Yeah, exactly. So let us know. Are you vax? Do you vax? What do you think? And any other topics you kind of want to hear us talk about in the future? For sure. Always. Yeah. You know what we didn't do this week? It was a podcast poll. We didn't get it together. Whoops. 63 episodes in. We got a slip here and there. We'll get you you guys next week. Um, I'm going to guess Joe Rogan's popular. (laughs) NPR put something out that's popular. The New York Times. Um, What else is... uh, Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. We missed it. Missed the boat, kids. All good. Let's move on to recaps, eh? Yeah. Let's do some podcast pop-ups. Let's do it. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to sure. slide on in? I'm super excited about my pop-up this week. It's a brand new podcast. Uh-huh. Um, so funny. Of course, I already listened to it, but my cousin uh, Facebook messaged me today, and she was like, I need your thoughts on the murder squad because I don't even have to ask the question if you've listened to it yet. I just know that you have. <laughs> so I shared with her. So um, this is from uh, the Exactly Right Media Podcast Network. Uh-huh. Exactly Right Media is owned by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hartstock, yeah. hosts of My Favorite Murder. So it's not only a true crime podcast network, but it is, you know, 
kind of a place for weirdos to gather, <laughs> weirdo podcast. Um, good for Karen and Georgia. Look, they're really doing a thing. Yeah. But they debuted a brand new show on their network this week, like I said, called The Murder Squad. Uh-huh. And the hosts of it, get ready, are Detective Paul Hulse, who broke open the Golden State Killer case. And Billy Jensen. We love. We love. So we love the two of them. Billy Jensen is on another podcast that we talk about called The First Degree. And Billy Jensen also is related to the Golden State Killer case because he helped finish out Michelle McNamara's book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, after her unfortunate passing. Yes. Both of those guys I heard on My Favorite Murder yeah. when the Golden State Killer thing came out and like... Both of them are fucking dreamboats. They are hot teas. In love with both of them. So they are co-hosting the Murder Squad together. Nice. So yay. And here's the thing. You hear that title, you hear those two guys, and you think that they're the Murder Squad, right? Yeah. Are they not? They are not. The Murder Squad is you, the listener. Okay. Tell me more. So they are basically attempting to look into unsolved cases Mm -hmm. and organizing you, the armchair investigator, the now murder squad to jump in and, and help out to see what you can do. And interestingly enough, do you remember mm, probably a few months ago now, I popped up a podcast series called Bear Brook. Yeah, of course. Where they use. I listen when you talk. Thank you. They were the first ones to use that DNA technology from, you know, like people um, sending in for their ancestry, sending in their DNA to understand their ancestry, to start mining some of that information to find second and third cousins of serial killers that they hadn't identified yet, Uh but they had DNA from, and, you know, solving cases. So that Bear Brook case was solved like that, and the Golden State Killer case was the second one that was solved using that method. Yeah. And Billy Jensen was on an episode of Bear Brook and talked about how basically this this woman was a genealogy expert, but she became a detective along with them because this is her expertise. And he was talking about how there are so many people out there who have the time and the energy and whatever their expertise is to help out cold investigations. And there are so many cold cases. And that he was even talking about just armchair experts, people who like to sit around and talk about true crime on fucking Reddit or wherever they do it on the internet. They're not necessarily dumb. And while the police need to be left alone to do their police work, we've got to find a way. Like, there's basically this workforce out there that they've got to tap into. So on the murder squad, they're turning to us, the listeners, to help. So they have one episode out, and it's about the serial killer William Bradford. Uh Uh-huh. So he was a sleazy dude in the 70s that would find pretty women in bars and tell them, I'm a photographer, let me take your picture. Oh. Oh, but like out in the desert or at his apartment, and he would rape and murder them. Cool. But like not all of them. So here's the thing. So I think he was convicted of like six murders. He's gone to prison for them. He's now passed. He died in prison. But... Even after he got arrested, when they searched his apartment, they found shoeboxes and shoeboxes and shoeboxes full of pictures of women. Some of them nudes, some of them just modeling photos. Like, he was not a terrible photographer. Like, passing well enough that women who are out in California trying to be models in the L.A. area were convinced over and over. And we know he didn't murder all of them because some of them were identified. And so, out of... 
all of those photos of women that he had, there are still, I think, up to 60 pictures of women who are unidentified. So they are enacting us, the murder squad, to look at these photos. Is that your aunt? Does it look like your aunt? Do you recognize a poster in the background and maybe you can figure out where this photograph was taken? Do you recognize, you know, they said that... In 2012, I think it is, the cold case was reopened. This is after William Bradford passed. And the California detective that was assigned to it called into the show for a little bit to say, you know, we got certain people identified because we just did a press release. And they, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was 2006. I remember now because it was pre-Facebook. Uh. Uh, but they did a good old-fashioned press release. So on television in the newspaper, they released all the photos. And a few people came out and said, oh, that's my mom. She's alive and well and fine. Like, I guess she just wow. got her, t- her picture taken and moved on. Um, but there are still all these ident- unidentified women. So they're trying to figure out. Are, are they alive and well, uh-huh. or are some of them missing and potentially more victims? So, yeah, so they've got a website that goes along with it, and, of course, all social media platforms, yeah. the Murder Squad. You can go on, look at those pictures, and see if you can help identify these women. That's insane. Isn't that great? That is really cool. Super stoked about the Murder Squad. Good job, Exactly Right Media. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, What you uh, got? So, two things. One, quickly, you know, you talked about – your girls getting their own podcast gals, network. K and G. Uh, the Lady Gang got their own podcast network oh, under Podcast One. Great. Um, love a ton of Podcast One pods. But so they've got their own little imprint, if you will. Sure. And, <coughs> excuse me, my allergies are like, should we start now at 9 o'clock at night? How do you <laughs> want to do this? But um, one of the first shows that they de- debuted this week was called Showmance. Okay. With Kevin McHale and Jenna Ushkowitz, who are from Glee. Yes. So it's all about like their friendship and just the whole concept of like showman, get it? Like romance, but they were in a show. Oh, yeah. Cute. Very so cute. So I listened to the first episode, and if you were ever a Gleek, I was. A big fan of Glee, you're going to want to. one to three, really. Yeah, like it ebbed and flowed and had yeah. its thing. Um, but Becca Tobin, who is on the Lady Gang, was on Glee, so I think that was probably, you know, some nepotism for them. Good for them. That's not Hollywood works. But uh, jealous. But, um, so it was great to hear their behind the scenes, how their um, audition was, how they got the oh, show. Cool. Love hearing those behind the scenes kind of things. So quick pop-up, if you're interested in any of that kind of stuff, go check them out. But second, my, um, I, it's not even an obsession of the week because I have been absorbing this podcast at a speedy rate. <laughs> yes. True crime obsessed. Yes. I'm obsessed with. And you're I am welcome. like, <laughs> I think you may have briefly touched on True Crime Obsessed on this show. Yeah, tickled, remember? Yes. It's because I listened to that the other day. Um, <laughs> it's so good. But you and I have talked about True Crime Obsessed, but I don't think you ever emphasized that this was a podcast that I absolutely had to be listening to. I'm so sorry. I yeah. tried to tell you. Maybe I you don't were. know if you did, though. That's where okay. I'm coming at you. Fair. Coming at you. But um, as we all know, like, True crime, murder, that's not my form of entertainment. But I do love a really good, crazy documentary. I loved Three Identical Strangers. I loved that Tickle documentary on HBO. Yeah, wherever it was. And I'm saying loved, but like intrigued as hell. Yeah, you were enraptured. Enraptured. Um, whatever happened, or something's wrong with Aunt Diane. Uh-huh. I mean, Mommy Dead and Dearest, Abducted in Plain Sight. All of these amazing documentaries. These true crime obsessed podcasters are utterly hilarious on the microphone so funny you and i must be just like nails on a chalkboard we'll never compare oh my god their energy is amazing um just got two hosts and they just 
kind of recap these documentaries for you. Um, they've got the Bundy tapes coming out. Um, they re- republished their Mommy Dead and Dearest because that whole documentary from HBO got turned into a TV show on Hulu called The Act. And I yes. am constantly scrolling through like, fuck it, I'll listen to this. I don't know the documentary, but I need to keep listening to them. They are so funny. It's and an like, incredible podcast. It is easily become one of my top five, like, have to, have to, have to listen to. Yay! I'm so happy! I'm obsessed, honestly. It's so good. So, like, even if you're like me, you're not into true crime, I promise you this is a podcast you want to add to your list. So, okay, their favorite thing is to take kind of, like, the most villainous of all the villains in whatever (laughs) they're recapping and call them this This bitch. bitch. Or TB, for short. Yes. And so badly earlier did I want to call Andrew Wakefield this This bitch. bitch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I didn't want to steal. Oh, we have to come up with our own version. Yeah, like, this hoe. Thought. This thought. This, thought, this hoe over there. <laughs> so funny, but yeah. Um, oh my God, good pop-ups, yo. Oh, so good. Yes. So what should? What do you say? Should we wrap up episode 63? I think we should put episode 63 in the can. I need to figure out how to close out the poll I put up on the Lake Make Facebook page. Yo, your, your my phone has been going crazy the entire night. But everyone, thank you so much for listening along to episode 63. We cannot wait to talk to you for another hour for episode 64 next week. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going on a business trip next week. we got to figure that out. But at any rate. That's awesome. I, maybe I will talk into the microphone That's either for an hour alone and see how that goes for my psyche. We'll do our podcast business off the air. <laughs> at any rate, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, look, at the very least, spay and neuter your cats and dogs, okay? <laughs> we don't have to argue about that. <laughs> Fix your pets and don't forget to be kind. And rewind. Bye, guys. Bye.